This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Mornings on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah! 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 Happy being alive day, everyone! You're locked into the DA show here on CBS Sports Radio. Coming your way in 20 minutes. We're stunned to a news. And before that, I want to talk about an amazing gesture from our listeners. In 40 minutes, did Sean Payton violate the coach's code? Bum, bum, bum. Next hour, Logan Thomas, Washington Commander's tight end. Hour four, Sounds of Saturday with TCU's play-by-play voice, Brian Estridge. The U.S. women's national team is the bar in international women's soccer. They are our basketball dream team. They have won three Women's World Cups. They consistently produce these stars of international soccer and women like Mia Hamm, Julie Foudy, Alex Morgan, go down the list. These are international all-time greats that have been American stalwarts in the faces of the program, faces of that team for, for decades now. And so think about women's soccer, U.S. women's national team soccer, as men's basketball we dominate and there is no country that has the same type of star power the same type of success historical dominance that we have in u.s in women's international soccer and now think about going to the olympics with the dream team or whatever our version of the u.s men's olympic basketball team is And playing three sluggish, listless, lacking energy games and sliding by out of the group stage of the Olympics 
into the knockout rounds, into the elimination games, but doing so when you really looked pretty bad in all of your games. And in the final game, where you might not, might not have even made it out of that round or into the elimination stage of the Olympics, leading by two with five seconds left, and at the buzzer, a wide-open three-pointer by Angola rattles out. And that's how the U.S. wins that game. And that's how the U.S. moves on. And then think about the stars of that men's national team, Team USA, taking selfies with fans, dancing, and having a good old time after that's how they won we would be pretty damn upset. As Americans, we'd be like, are you kidding me? You are U.S. basketball. You're Team USA, and you're taking selfies and dancing after the three at the buzzer rattled out, and that's how you won to move on? And that's what happened the other night. Now, the U.S. women's national team benefited because it happened in the middle of the night. It was at 3 a.m. Eastern time when that game started. Midnight Pacific. So it ended at 5 a.m. Eastern time, 3 a.m. Pacific or 2 a.m. Pacific. I mean, it was hard to stay up to watch that. Virtually impossible. Impossible on our schedule. So I did not see it going into yesterday morning's show. We talked about it briefly, but I did not see it. I watched it yesterday, and watched a lot of coverage and analysis about it and thought, wow, this is really bad. This is really, really bad. And it, a light was shined on how bad it was because Carly Lloyd, who was one of the greatest soccer players ever, a U.S. women's national team legend, is on set for Fox Sports. And on set, she's flanked by Alexi Lalas and Rob Stone and the rest of the, the analysts there. And Carly Lloyd is allowed to say things that other people aren't because she played for that team, because she played for that coach. She's played with those players. And she's won Women's World Cups. And she took them to task yesterday, or, yeah, I guess it's technically yesterday, right? Yeah, yesterday morning early in the morning, deep into the night, on Fox Sports. I have never witnessed, and just seeing these images for the first time right now on the desk, I have never witnessed something like that. There's a difference between being respectful of the fans and saying hello to your family, but to be dancing, to be smiling. I mean, the player of the match was that post. You were lucky to not be going home right now. Who boy. So the U.S. had three matches that were relatively underwhelming, and that one was against Portugal, and they survived because in, in stoppage time, in extra time, Portugal hit the post, and had that gone in, it was about two minutes gone by in an eight-minute stoppage time. Portugal would have had to hold on for five or six minutes of stoppage time to hold on to a win, and that would have eliminated the U.S. in the group stage, which... They're the favorites coming into this. So it would have been an international calamity to have lost that game and then not gotten out of the group stage. 
for context for those that don't follow Women's World Cup or women's international soccer, international soccer in general. The U.S. has always had a competitive advantage because we were better at women's sports, specifically soccer as a country, before anybody else was. Title IX back in the 70s, and now we're celebrating 50 years of Title IX, began evening out athletic opportunities for women and men. This didn't happen anywhere else around the globe. Nowhere. Nowhere did young women, starting when they were five, six, seven years old through their college years, get the athletic opportunities that we gave young women here in the States. We had this incredible head start. And so you look at North Carolina as a women's dynasty in college soccer back in the 80s, the 90s. I mean, they they were creating a next level of the sport at the college level because there were women's college teams. It was a very uniquely American thing. Look at all these young women learning how to play soccer and doing it with male coaches that are highly experienced or women's coaches that are highly experienced and highly decorated. We created women's soccer in many ways. And in the last five to ten years, a lot of other nations caught up. So Brazil caught up, and Germany caught up, and Italy caught up, and England caught up. And so now the differential between us and everybody else is much smaller. Japan was always very good. So the differential's much smaller now. And it's a direct connection to what's going on with Team USA and, and, and the NBA and basketball. We're still the top dog, but when Giannis plays for Greece or Jokic plays internationally, or Embiid plays internationally, suddenly, or Doncic plays internationally, suddenly the best players of the NBA or globally are actually not Americans anymore. Hasn't quite happened that way in totality around women's soccer, but the point is, as doors opened, as exposure opened, everybody got a little bit better. And now when we go into the Olympics, Team USA usually dominates, but we've got to try harder. It's not like it was in 92 and 96 when we just basically rolled out the basketballs and everybody around the country or around the world looked at Charles Barkley and Akeem Olajuwon and Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson and laid down. It was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that these guys are so good and I get to play against them as you dunk on my head. Can I get an autograph? That's not happening anymore, and it's not happening with women's soccer for the U.S. anymore, which means they've got to commit more. They've got to work harder. Coaching is more important. Talent has leveled off. And this U.S. women's national team is taking a lot of stuff for granted because of what has happened historically. It's the way that they're playing. And they have been incredibly flat through these first three matches. And there's a host of reasons, and they're all coming into focus at the same time. Number one, the offense is stagnant. They're getting no creation, no shots on net. They're just, they're, they are not creating offensive opportunities. Number two, their best players are starting to get older. So your Alex Morgans, your Megan Rapinos, who have been international stars for a long time, are not in their 20s anymore. Rapinos coming off the bench. Alex Morgans had kids. You know, they are not. They're not what they were at 24, 25 years old. So they don't have that 
those huge, big talents that they used to. Thirdly, their best play is on defense. Their best players on defense. And so they're snuffing out a lot of offensive chances from the opponent, but they're not creating it on the other end. And from a coaching standpoint, Vladko has not used his bench and I think is the type of coach where it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's going to be fine until it's not fine. And that's what people are fretting over. You guys are going through the motions here. And the coach is not a fiery guy. He's rooted in his ways. He's not using his bench. And in soccer, your bench players are the ones that are supposed to give you juice. For the final 20 minutes, the final 15 minutes of a match, they come in off the bench. You have limited substitutions, but they're supposed to be your energizer bunnies. And he's not using them. And there's no rhyme or reason to how he's using them. And so people are wondering, well, you got no life, you got no juice, and you're not using your bench players. What's going on there? And then combine that with, I think the team is, as Carly Lloyd said, resting on their laurels. That they are superstars internationally. They drive the bus internationally. When when this when Team USA, when the U.S. women's national team plays in Germany, plays in Africa, plays in Asia, ev- all these little girls come out to see them. They're, they're heroes. They're the Michael Jordans and the Magic Johnsons and the Larry Birds and LeBron James and the Kobe Bryants. They are that to a lot of little girls around the world. And they're playing like it. Like, we're great. We've been great. We'll be fine. And when I saw them taking the selfies and I saw them dancing and, you know, yes, you want to be appreciative of the fans. And, yes, it's still a sporting event. And so, you know, it's not the end of the world if you draw and you're moving on. So what? You're allowed to celebrate a little bit. What's the what's the big deal there? But it is indicative to me of a team that is acting like the dream team and not really taking it very seriously. And Carly Lloyd is cut from a different cloth. Carly Lloyd is a grinder. Carly Lloyd is a workaholic. Carly Lloyd got to where she got because she's cut like a cutthroat competitor. You don't smile. (laughs) There's no fun in this. This is work. This is competition. This is your job. And if you don't win and win big, it's a failure. That's how she was. That's how she was driven to be great. And she saw the opposite of that. And it's starting to erode the greatness of the U.S. Women's National Team. There's been a lot of takes about this, and it's a little hard because it's a woman's sport. It's a women's sport, and you've got male analysts and we don't necessarily take off the gloves for women's sports. You know, you kind of don't want to be too antagonistic or too edgy or too mean like we would for their men, their male counterparts. But I heard a take that said something like, you know, they're being blamed for being distracted by celebrity and endorsements and brands, but we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't say that about the men's players, that we're, we're acting like women's players can't do both. And I am calling the ultimate BS on this. If you don't think we would be absolutely excoriating Team USA in basketball for only caring about their brand 
being too arrogant, caring only about their social media following, and they're playing like garbage basketball because of it, you're crazy. We do this all the time on the men's side. We absolutely annihilate male players, athletes, who are caring about their brand, their business, their off-the-field exploits, their partying, their celebrity. And if they don't get it done on the field, we kill them for it. Absolutely kill them for being distracted. And this is a sign that women's soccer has actually arrived. Because we get to actually say these things about a female team and a women's sport because they're that good. Because they have arrived and because they do have equal standing. They wanted equal pay and they deserved equal pay and they fought for equal pay and they got equal pay. What comes with equal pay and what comes with all this exposure and all the celebrity is you get crushed when you don't perform well. And if it's because you're distracted, if it's because you think you're better than you are, if it's because you're used to dominance, if it's because you're arrogant, if it's because it's bad coaching, if it's because you just stink on that day against whatever team you're playing, that's fair game. Now, I love the U.S. women's national team, and I love it because I love soccer. I grew up playing soccer. My younger sister played soccer, and I loved the idea of us being a global powerhouse in a woman's sport. I'm very proud that, as an American, the U.S. has provided opportunities for women's sports that you don't get anywhere else around the globe. I think Title IX is amazing. And if you go out and, you know, you watch the U.S. women's national team, you see elite athletes at an elite level playing beautiful soccer. When they do it well, they do it as well as the men have ever done it. But what comes with that territory is big expectations. You're supposed to win the World Cup. You're at least not supposed to nearly not make it out of the group stage, and you'll get crushed if you didn't or if you play like garbage, and that's what's happening here. They played poorly for three matches, and they deserve the criticism that comes with it. And if it's because they're distracted, they deserve that criticism as well. And that's why Carly Lloyd is of the ultimate value, because she can say things that other people can't, because she's been on that team. She knows what it takes to win. They need to be better, or they're going to get beat by Sweden. And if you bail, if you get eliminated with your first knockout match, it's still a disaster for the U.S. It's a disaster, and they better be careful because it could happen. Sweden's pretty good. And they they screwed us, D.A., with not beating Netherlands and winning the group because they would have gotten great U.S. primetime scheduling for this upcoming game and the quarterfinals. If they would have won the group, they would have been playing on... Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. Or maybe that's Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. Instead, they now play Sweden Sunday, 5 a.m. Eastern. And that's if right. they win, if they would have won the group and they win that first knockout, they would have been playing in the quarterfinals Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Now, they got to play 5 a.m. Eastern. And if they win, they will play Saturday at 3.30 a.m. Eastern time. So you've you've ruined the ability to get basically the entire country behind you watching. Yeah, if you're on the East Coast to watch this Sweden game, you're going to have to get up really, really early Sunday morning. If you're on the West Coast, you better stay up really, really late because it's going to be on at 2 a.m. Pacific time 
on Sunday morning. So I think there's good and bad here. The good is they have arrived, but thus by arriving and being an international powerhouse and battling for equality, which they absolutely deserve, they must be treated equally in terms of criticism as well. And they have played really poor soccer for three matches now. And if they're not careful, it's going to be a very unceremonious exit coming up this weekend, and they will have deserved all the criticism that they're they're getting. And their coach is not helping matters. Their coach is not helping matters at all. I think the tactics have been awful. I think the strategy has been lost. And Vladko deserves a lot of a lot of the 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 reason why. But the players are the players, and they're good enough to be much better than this. And they're taking their opponents lightly. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Get zapped while the sun is out. I mean, really, something about your dog, about your cat, about your girlfriend, lack of girlfriend, something, your mom, your dad, anyone. Give me something a little more, a little more juice. DA on CBS Sports Radio. I need juice, baby. I need that juice. Welcome back. DA with you here on CBS Sports Radio. You can always listen to us on hundreds of affiliates nationwide and North of the border, across the ever-expanding CBS Sports Radio Network, also on Sirius XM Channel 158. So, I got this amazing card in the mail. And I open it up, and it says, The smallest miracles bring the biggest joys. Congrats your new little baby boy. Boy, this is so sweet. This is amazing. And when you have your first child, 
you have all these people that reach out to you, they congratulate you, they buy you stuff, they send you nice gifts. And I would imagine when you have your second, third, fourth, whatever, every child after that, nobody cares. That first one's big. Everything else is like, eh. The Bogishes sent me this amazing, beautiful package of goodies that are all personalized with AJ's name. Carlos with a K gave me baby Jordans, baby J's for AJ as well. Wow. Yeah. And so we're just inundated at Bob's Bar. People are bringing me stuff. I mean, Zach Gelb got AJ a series of Nebraska Cornhusker onesies. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I got a whole bunch of Cornhuskers onesies for AJ. Signed by Matt Ruler. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, a bib that Scott Frost used to wear on the sideline. So it's just been amazing. And I got this card of the mail. And it says, we're also happy for you in the Bourbon Bell. You'll make an amazing dad. We all chipped into this gift. It's a gift card. And a number of the aliens chipped in for an Amazon gift card. And I can't tell you how grateful I am for this. Mariana, Senor Pantleg, Dixieland Dan, Moist Pork, Moose, Adriana, Fatty Crackers, Rob of the 321, who I'm surprised has not been embargoed from the gift card. Lewis in Palmdale, Derek in Pittsburgh, Mac and Bear, JD and Art Art Bobart. And everybody pitched in a little bit of cash for a gift card for AJ, which is just, you know, I can't tell you how thankful I am. I can't tell you what this means to me, except that I want to do something really special with this since it's contributions from all of you guys. And I think representative of the listeners as a whole. Our listeners continue to floor me with their kindness, their generosity, their care, their loyalty, support for one another. We talked about this on the PGP not long ago, but now that Mraz has moved down the hallway, he's kind of a listener now. So he's been texting us stuff about the show. We're largely trying to ignore it, but, you know. And he's part of this text group, this text chain with the listeners now. And I just find it extraordinary that we we have this type of backbone to the show from a listener standpoint. And it is why I oftentimes talk about just using as my North Star, honor the listeners. Every single day, honor them however you can, which means you try not to mail in a show. You try not to mail in a segment. You try not to mail in an interview. You try every single segment to have something, to be something, to do something. And it was the reason that me and Mraz had so many run-ins early because I found his commitment to the program, the structure, the, the specific nature of we must do something in every segment. Every minute must not be wasted. I thought that he didn't get it. And so I thought it was disrespectful. And when I banned him from the PGP, when he was suspended, it was because he burped on air on the PGP. And I said, do you realize how disrespectful that is to the audience? That you care so little about the job that you're doing, you are belching in their ear. Could you imagine going to the DMV or your teacher is standing over you in school or your lawyer is talking to you about some contract you have to sign and you just belch audibly how little care it would show. And that was his attitude that it 
Who cares? It doesn't matter. We're just kind of lazily going through life in this show, and it, it, there's nothing that grinds on me more than people that waste other people's time when they've come to you for something. Our audience comes to us for entertainment, for information, for laughter, what have you, and you just waste their time. Now, I know we waste a lot of time here. I get it. We go on tangents. We, we, we go ridiculous. I, I know we're not always perfect at this, but I want you to know the intention is always not to waste your time. So my point is I am floored by this generosity. I, I want to do something special. I haven't decided what to do here, but it is it is representative not just of this subset of the listeners, but the listeners in general, that you guys think of us this way. And it's it's just absolutely amazing. And I, and I promise to continue to try to to reciprocate that because, you know, it, it means quite a bit to me, quite quite a bit. So at some point, AJ's going to be wearing baby Jordans and be dressed in unbelievable gear courtesy of moist pork and get a few <laughs> collar stays yeah. from moist. How, um, how young does moist work? Like when do you start tailoring clothes for babies? I don't know, but I got to ask moist this and you know, maybe that's where I spend this gift card. It's just, I go to moist store and I buy like a baby tuxedo for AJ and we bring him to the Marconi <laughs> awards or something. <laughs> I mean, he should dress nicely when he gets Sean's job. So some nice polo onesies, maybe. I noticed that Mraz is not caring to dress up much now that he's into day seven of his new show. I think he's right back to shorts and T-shirts. Yeah. Well, it's only one suit he has. Yeah, true. And there was there was a clip that circulated yesterday because he was yelling at uh, famed actor and Yankee fan Nick Turturro. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what backdrop they're using for Sean, but it almost looks like he's in, like, a basement. Um, Pork store? Well, I was going to say more like kidnap victim. Was, they're, they're, like, distract, like, hold up a newspaper so I know what day it is. It just, it's a weird, bland, <laughs> nondescript, um, like, setup. It's just, it, I feel like it should be better for someone of Sean's stature. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't look great, especially considering they're on TV for two hours and they have a backdrop in the studio and it seems the camera angle that they've got for him doesn't seem to reflect You bite that. your tongue, guys. I don't know if Cap is behind that, but you don't want to anger Cap. If Cap is behind that, all my take is it's amazing, it looks beautiful, and it cannot be improved. Mm. It does sound like... Um... Cap does all the heavy lifting from the Cap digital department, and then somewhere around 1.30, we get some folks cutting corners. I see. Yeah. Michael tweets in, DA, don't know if it's a sign that I'm listening to the show too much every morning, but my soon-to-be five-year-old was going to the bathroom, number two, by the way, nice, and quoting word for word the intro at the top of the hour on your show. He gave it two oinks after he was done. Absolutely hilarious. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm wondering, did the oinks, the grading system of the oinks, did the five-year-old child grade out the theme song? His, his memory of the theme song, like his version, or of his own trip to the bathroom? Right, yeah, and that's my, that would have been my question, too. And if he graded out his own trip to the bathroom as two oinks, that's a young man with a real potential on this show. <laughs> this is a young man that knows our sense of humor very well, and there is an open executive producer position 
So I would tell Mike to please point his five-year-old in the direction of the Odyssey Human Resources page. Go to myhr.odyssey.com and please find the, <laughs> the job but, opening. But only if he's grading <laughs> bowel movements. A dump is a dump. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Mr. Andrew Bogish has our headlines. DA, not sure if Ohio State QB Hunter or Iowa State QB Hunter Decker's... That's right, he's a clone. Yeah, is... Uh, but he's definitely in trouble. The Cyclones presumed starter for the coming season accused of betting on games, including one Cyclone football game back in 2021. Deckers did not play in that game. We don't know what the actual bet was. We do know that Deckers' parents apparently involved here helping him disguise his age since he was too young to bet on anything in Iowa. Maybe they can help that listener's son pretend to not be five if he doesn't apply for the job. Uh, by the way, players who bet on their games or other school events can lose all of their NCAA eligibility. We talked about this at the top of the show. I think NCAA athletes, football players, basketball players, very susceptible to legalized gambling, using inside information, and it getting sideways, much more so than professional athletes. And one of the players involved in this is also the guy who just got suspended by the NFL for betting on NFL games, so he also seems to maybe just have a straight problem. He yeah. can't help himself that he's now in trouble on both fronts for multiple bets on his own teams. And this was not investigated by the NCAA or the school. This was Iowa law enforcement. This Correct. was state law enforcement. And I believe Iowa is also has players. We don't know the details of there yet, but this is a pretty big developing situation in Iowa. This is going to be the big one. We have legalized gambling all over the country, which I think is fine. I mean, look, I certainly partake in it, and we use it as a lot of advertising and sponsorship around here, and I think if you're a responsible adult, there's no problem with it. But you can't promote all of this around sports, sports betting, and not think it's going to seep into the athletes that also are playing those sports, and college athletes are most susceptible. High school athletes, certainly susceptible, but we're not betting on their games. College, much different. Oh, please don't be betting on high school games. Uh, the Pac-12. <laughs> Maybe you can. I don't I'm know. Sure. I mean, but certainly in Texas you, is my guess. Yeah, whether you can or not, people are definitely doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, right. Texas just, high school football, there's absolutely got to be a market for betting. Yeah, my point is not can you get action if you're in El Paso on, you know, a West Texas game or what have it. But if I'm in New York, can I go to FanDuel and bet on, like, a modern day game or something like that, like a high school powerhouse in california or florida or something i don't know i haven't seen those lines i hope not yeah you got to be no offense to the betting community you got to be a pretty big degenerate uh to do that <laughs> yeah uh the pac-12's future remains a bad bet now that we know possible details of the league's next media rights deal apple apparently the leading partner and their agreement would start at a lower price than the big 12 and acc deals with traditional TV partners, but could get there eventually through escalators like added subscriptions. Schools heard a presentation yesterday, but a final choice isn't coming yet. Neither is a decision from Arizona, ASU, and Utah 
about staying in the Pac-12. The Houston Astros reacquired Justin Verlander before yesterday's trade deadline. Then watch Framber Valdez no-hit the Guardians to zip. His manager, Dusty Baker. Today, his concentration was at a at a at a superior level, and uh, you know him and Maldi worked you know great together. Maldi is catcher Martin Maldonado, who has now caught three no-nos. Valdez, wow. yeah, Valdez struck Damn. out seven. Walked just one last night, which was a race on a double play, so he faced the minimum 27 batters. The only bad news for Houston, the Rangers down the White Sox to zip to keep their half-game lead atop the AL West. The Orioles added Cardinals righty Jack Flaherty yesterday and then dumped the Blue Jays in Toronto 13-3. Baltimore now 23-13 and against the AL East this season. The Rays remain a half-game behind them, or a game-and-a-half behind them, thanks to a 5-2 win at Yankee Stadium. The Phillies made a move for Tigers righty Michael Lorenzen, then made a move on new Marlins closer David Robertson. In the 0-2. Swung on. Hit deep. Left field. David Cruz out of room. <laughs> it's gone. Nick Castellanos crushes it to straightaway left. And the Phillies have a ninth inning lead. It's 3-1. to one. That's Scott Fransky on Phil's radio. They won 3-1 in Miami, scoring all of their runs in the ninth inning. The Dodgers got by the A's 7-3. The Giants topped the D-backs 4-3. And the Padres 8-5 winners at Coors Field. Two homers, four RBI for Juan Soto. The Red Sox snapping their three-game skid 6-4 in Seattle. Rams receiver Cooper Cup could miss several weeks after hurting a hamstring in practice yesterday. Cup, you'll remember, missed the final eight games of last season with a high ankle sprain. Group F is finishing right now at the Women's World Cup and checking on those two matches in progress right now, which, of course, are not showing up when I need them to on this computer. Please stand by in three, two, and... One, Jamaica and Brazil are still scoreless now in their 80th minute. One of those two nations will join France in the knockout stage. The French with a 5-2 lead on Panama. Overnight, South Africa stunned Italy 3-2. It's their first ever World Cup win. It puts them in the round of 16 while it sends Italy home. And now, we're stuck. It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. Uh, Pete's not here, so I'm going to briefly ignore his Mraz embargo since so many listeners. <laughs> we have led... so many embargoes. I know. A lot. <laughs> a lot <laughs> if only of... we had a spreadsheet of embargoes that we currently <laughs> If only we're actually embargoing those things, too. Um, (laughs) Multiple listeners, including DA Show Quotes, sent this story in because it reminded everybody of our sweet Shawnee. It's a story that could be from West Babylon circa 1996, Uh but it's from a zoo in eastern China right now. They are defending their Malayan sun bears after a viral video called the animal's validity into question. In said video, one of these bears is standing on its hind legs, No tail visible, BTW. And while standing, there are odd skin wrinkles on the bear's (laughs) back, bottom, and legs. Now, the behavior uncommon among bears and the wrinkles look like an ill-fitting suit. So people have been wondering if these bears are actually humans in disguise. But the zoo says no. 
as does an expert quoted in the NBC news story uh, that I sent the group. Okay, so <laughs> I find it relatively hard to believe that it's easier to dress up humans in a bear costume <laughs> and keep that a secret all of these years than just having a bear. Yeah. Okay, so my guess is the easiest way for a Chinese zoo to have a bear is to just have a bear, not have a human in a bear suit. And it's a bear. Like, it's not, you have like, oh, I got a T-Rex that I'm fake, you know, that I'm faking to draw people in. I don't need a Malayan sun bear to go to the zoo, so why would you fake it? But this picture does look <laughs> yes, it does. like the bear is wearing, as you said, <laughs> ill-fitting slacks. And then he's, 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 he's standing up on hind legs, and it's sagging at the butt. I mean, it looks like he needs a belt. It looks like the way Sean looks. <laughs> Sloppy, <laughs> things spilling out of it clothes, does. things sitting too high or too low because there's fat in the way. And also, the other point is... If I were to believe any entity on earth of their trustworthiness, a Chinese zoo might not be high on the list. <laughs> right. So if there was a place where maybe I wouldn't believe that there was just a bear, <laughs> it might be, to be honest, a Chinese zoo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Only a North Korean zoo might be a little <laughs> less trustworthy. Now, now bear with me here. Oh, God. okay. Okay, more you just <laughs> No, the the video does look like a man, and then the bear sits down, and at that point, I'm like, there's no way that a, a human could pull off that movement, where the bear just like it, it literally from the hind lanes, <laughs> then sits on its back, sits on its ass, and yeah. then turns around and starts crawling. I was. I would be very skeptical and think, uh, you know, I would call Fugazi on this. But once you see the video, the end of it, it does look in, it, it does in fact appear to be a bear. I should point out too that these bears, the Malayan sun bear, are smaller than most bears. Right. So it, because they're smaller, people already thought that they were dogs or non-bears. Yeah. So their size or lack thereof allows you to think it's a human. Like you would never see a grizzly and go... With wrinkly skin, that's a human in a suit. This bear is human-sized-ish to just kind of further along the, 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 the doubt. The last line in this news story from NBC News is, Previously, other zoos in China had been criticized for for dyeing their dogs to look like wolves. Oh <laughs> so what's happening there is very West Babylon Zoo-ish. Mm -hmm. Look, kids, over here, we got wolves. <laughs> Those are wolves over there. Ignore that they look like a Pomeranian. That's a wolf. I promise. That's a wolf. <laughs> Believe me, that's a wolf, honey. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a bear. That's a bear. Bears have tails. What, you ever seen a bear with a tail? <laughs> Meantime, it's a, a pig <laughs> with a plastic snout painted white. <laughs> oh, it's a bear. <laughs> It's a bear. It's Quacker Jack. <laughs> Smelling of cigarettes. Part-time part -time mascot, part-time medic. Yeah. yeah. One of a kind. It's half human, half duck. Only here. No, that, no that's a goose. Whoever doesn't get that job has got to be a bear. That looks like a goose. I think that's a seagull. No, it's a goose. Canadian goose. <laughs> that would be pretty embarrassing. Oh. I mean, at this point, you're doing a Sean impersonation, which is not good.
Is that a pigeon painted pink? It's a flamingo, honey. <laughs> flamingo. I thought a... they were taller. <laughs> this is a flamingo. Is that the human recall, Peter Schwartz? No, that's a bear, honey. <laughs> no, that really is a bear. That's a bear of a man. Are the glitch in the simulation. All right, DA. Hey, DA. Jamming hard on it, DA. I don't know if you go bonkers or crazy, DA. <laughs> DA on CBS Sports Radio. 52 minutes past the hour. DA with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Listen to us in podcast form. The full four hours of the best of the show, always available. Just simply search the DA show on your favorite podcast platform. Here is Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator of the Jets, talking about Sean Payton slicing and dicing him in that USA Today column from last week. I've been involved in this business my whole life, 43 years. And uh, as a coach, you know, as a coach's kid, uh, you know, we live in a glass house. We know that. We all live in different rooms. We all got a key for it. And it's one of those things that there's a code, there's a way things are done in that house. And you know, this past week, it, it's 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 frustrating and it sucks, but uh, we're all susceptible to it. You know, I'm a little torn on this because did Sean Payton need to trash Nathaniel Hackett? No. Was he being too honest? Probably. Did Aaron Rodgers do the right thing in defending his guy? Yeah, I think so. He had every right to do so. But let's also stop with the sob story for Nathaniel Hackett. He sucked so bad. Was it all his fault? Maybe not. Maybe partially was Russ, partially was ownership change, partially was the front office, what have you. But, like, it was so bad and so pathetic that by week two, the crowd is taunting him by counting down the play clock because they can't get plays in. It was a disgrace. And so, like, let's not act as though... Nathaniel Hackett's some great victim here. I mean, another coach said that he sucked. We all know that he sucked. And now Hackett's like there was a code broken. It's frustrating. We live in glass houses. I I really actually don't need to hear Nathaniel Hackett say anything. I don't know if this was supposed to be, you know, I'm a big boy. I'm still here. You can't knock me down or whatever. He was trying to be largely professional, but I found some of it to be a little woe is me. And it's just, You're not really the victim here. We all saw that you sucked. You got fired because you sucked. And now you'll never get another head coaching job because you sucked. That all happened before Sean Payton publicly said you sucked. So I'm having a little bit of problem with the Jets acting as though, oh, we're going to band around our guy. This is making us stronger. Like, that guy was a terrible head coach. It is what it is. I think we can just leave it there. I don't think it has to be some great victimhood. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. 
The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 